time. We're in person together. I'm actually physically touching with Mariah, <laughs> looking at her. It's much, much better. Yeah, and in addition to being excited to be together, it also means less editing for me. Less editing, Woo! better sound quality. It's just better all around for everyone. Yes, exactly. So in today's episode, this is a topic that we've, one of the topics that we've had in the back burner for a while, but such a basically important principle for any relationship <laughs> because Mariah's laughing because I say every topic is important but it is it is yeah and and all of our topics are also like fundamental basic things that yeah. we want to remind people of yeah because there is so many dynamics of life right. and that, as you guys know even though we consider ourselves a relationship podcast it's on all dynamics of life exactly 100% and so today's topic I'm going to open up with a question for you. And the question is, what is the most important thing for survival in the world? And by in the world, I of course mean generally the Western world, the one that kind of goes by our culture and our way of doing things. There are some parts of the world, like let's just say certain parts of Africa, where it's totally different than how things work in New York, for example. So typically in the developed main culture of our world, what is the most important thing that you would say is needed and wanted to survive? <laughs> and I'm guessing by the podcast topic that you clicked on to, you already know the answer to that. Yeah, babers, for the tradition's sake, tell us the name of this topic. I think we're going with the money episode. The money episode, although we might change it to make <laughs> yeah, it even we, more catchy, but yeah. you know. So yes, it's money, okay? Money is the most important thing to survive, but money is this weird thing thing because while it's the most important to survive it's the least important thing for what really matters right like money doesn't buy you love it doesn't buy you a good relationship with your children and because of that money is odd because some people say you don't need it because of that but if you look into it you have to have it to eat to have a roof over your head, you've got to have money. And and to properly play the game of life. Mm -hmm. There's two ways of living, in my opinion. There's just trying to survive, and then there's flourish and prospering, and like proper, like creating on life. Not worried about what's my next meal, but worried about what you're going to create to leave a legacy behind, or how many lives can you help other than yourself. Yes, exactly. And that viewpoint is what matters, because, you know, people live life in two different ways. They're either trying not to die, or they're trying to live and flourish, like Mariah's saying. Mm -hmm. And we are not saying just make money to pay your bills. We're saying the viewpoint should be having more than enough. That is really what you should set your sights on. Because when you can do that, you can actually live. Right, exactly. And another reason why we're doing this podcast topic is because, you know, you see on social media sometimes things that are kind of making it seem like you can only have one or the other. You can only have happiness and family and friends or money. And we kind of want to show you that it's important to have both. Like we always talk about all the dynamics, it's important to grow all of them together. It's not good to leave any dynamic out. And how having money, especially like I'll said in the Western world and stuff will actually help you grow all of your dynamics and increase your responsibility. Yes. And by the way, what do you mean by dynamics, your dynamics? Different categories of life. So you have like family, friends, your body, like your health, mm -hmm. your religion, your sports teams, just different. I guess you can consider it like little games of life that mm -hmm. you need to properly play the game of life. Yeah, exactly. Right? Yeah, How 100%. would you describe it? No, that's perfect. And I would say like, if you don't have money and you're really struggling, but you're on a soccer team, are you going to have the ability to fully play the game where you have good equipment, the correct shin guards, ability to pitch in for trips that your team is doing. Like you need money to be a full team member in your sports team. Yeah. 
about, or what about you have enough to buy all that stuff, but your teammate doesn't? Are you going to be the teammate that helps them? To me, there's so many, it can expand so much depending on what kind of responsibility you and what character you want to play in this game. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I always think about even in life, like I need to have enough money so that God forbid there's some medical issue with a family member. Money won't be the thing that stops us from handling that. Yeah, Gal literally since, I don't want to say day one of our relationship, but since we were really serious and like talking about getting married and stuff has always been like, listen, I want to make enough money that we can, you know, bring your parents on vacation for us. Or like, if God forbid, if anything happens to them, like I can take care of your family. He's yeah. always thought past his own self and his own group and family. He's like, yeah, he expands and it's amazing. Mwah. Thank Mwah. you, babers. Yeah, <laughs> it's always really been my point of view that I, I'm not trying to have enough money just so that I can I don't know, travel and stay in a nice hotel. I want to have it so that the problem I have is not money. Like if somebody in my family gets sick and God forbid dies, I don't want it to be because of lack of money. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? Like let that not be the thing because the amount of money I have is something I can control. There's some things in life you can't control. Right. And there are some things you can. How much money you have is one of those things you can control. Mm -hmm. Now you're thinking, okay, but you know, I'm not rich or whatever. And by the way, I'm not a multimillionaire either. It's not the, the situation, but I am going to be. And for sure, I can openly tell you that that is my goal, if not more than that. Why? Because I know that that's where I need to get. Now, how do you get there is a combination of hard work and being smart with your money and so on and so forth, which we will talk about in this episode. And I mean, we're not going to do it all in a 30 minute episode, but to just give you some ideas. And the first one is you need enough money for all parts of life. And that's what we're diving into. Right. Let's start first with defining money and currency. Right. So money, I really like this definition by a philosopher named L. Ron Hubbard. He's a bit controversial, but I think he's an absolute genius. And I liked his definition of money where he said money is an idea backed by confidence. Okay. So let's break that down. Money. Okay. You have paper in your wallet and that paper can buy you things that it's just a cheap piece of paper. But why? Because people have confidence that when you give them the $100 paper, it is worth them being able to buy more. You have a piece of two cent plastic in your wallet that can go buy you a car. Why? Because people know they have confidence that that card, your credit card, has the ability to give them that. So more confidence that something has, the more value it has. And why that's important for you? Because if you generate confidence, money flows towards confidence because it is what it is. It's just an idea that has confidence behind it. Does that make sense? Is that an okay yeah, description? Yeah, that's a great, yeah. Okay, so that's money, right? It's this idea. Now, currency, in every country, you have a different form of money, and that's the currency. Like South African currency is rand, US currency is dollars. But the word currency actually comes from the word current, like current in a river or current in the ocean. It's a flow. A current pulls in a flow. Now, money loves to flow. If I give Mariah $5, she goes and gives it to someone, that person spends it somewhere else, and it flows. That flow is what money loves. It loves confidence and it loves motion. Fast people that move a lot attract money because money likes to move. Mm -hmm. Okay. Now let's look into that a bit more. What stops 
the flow of money because you're like, okay, well, I want money to flow to me. Like, let's open the floodgates, please. <laughs> How do I get money to flow to me? Well, the first thing is to understand there are some gates to open mm-hmm. because you put some gates there. Totally. And the first gate is just having the mindset of I can't afford that or it's too much for me. Mm-hmm. You put that up and right away when you say I can't afford that, guess what? You can't. Right. Changing that viewpoint. I mean, that was, that's tough for me, but changing the viewpoint from I can't afford it to, okay, I just need to make some more money. Mm -hmm. Totally opens up the gates. Absolutely. Anyone who's made a lot of money at first didn't have that money. And they at some point thought, well, I should, I can, what's stopping me? I should, you know? And because of that, they went for it. They didn't put the stop to the flow. Yes. And we talked about it in other podcasts before, briefly about how you make as much as you need. Mm -hmm. And it's a perfect example because, and especially when you're aware of it, you'll notice like, for example, my car will break down, the bill will be $2,000 and I'll be like, okay, all right, I have to make, you know, some money. I got to make some more money. And literally I'll get a job for $2,000, not, yeah. not $5,000 where I have a bit to spend extra. I make exactly as much as I need. When you put that like urgency and that opening the flow of like, I can, let me just do it now. It will fall into your lap. Like it's, it's really weird. And I know it sounds like, okay, it's not that easy to just make money. Especially if you're like, oh, I work a nine to five or my salary is like set in stone. Mm -hmm. But when you allow the flows to open, you'll notice that like someone will want to buy something off off you. It just happens. It's interesting because money is not something that you make. There's this idea that money is something you make. You don't make money. It's actually illegal for you to make money. That's the government's job. (laughs) You can't go and make your own money. The government prints that. You don't. Money is something that you have. You have money. You collect money, but you don't make it. You need to figure out how to have more money. And anyone that thinks their salary is set in stone, the big news is it's actually not. It's just not true. There's always a way to increase your salary or to become so good that you get taken into a job that pays you more. And that viewpoint of I need to have more and you will, along with a as we said, being smart with your money. Yeah, I just want to give another example. Even if you have a set salary and you think you at least are open to the idea of, okay, I can get more money. Have you ever had those friends that you're like, they just, money falls in their lap. Their (laughs) aunt passed away and like gave them a bunch of, what is it called? Inheritance. Inheritance or whatever. Or they found a hundred dollars on the ground Yes. or whatever. And you're like, they get so lucky with money. Like how do they, it just works for them. Or they get like like a weekend job. Hey, I want to pay you like $350 for like a couple hours of work if you can. And you're like, okay. And they just always get opportunities. Right. Or you look at money as only dollars bills or cash going into your bank account. Money can be in the form of you get something for free. A bunch Mm -hmm. of like, say someone brings over a bunch of free skincare that you were going to buy anyways or Mm -hmm. something. That's income. Yeah. You know, so if you're open to getting income, you will get income in some way, shape or form, but you got to be aware and you got to be, yeah, open to receiving it or you're just going to block it when it arrives. Yeah, exactly. So just a couple other blocks to money. You know, your wife gets home and she's happy that she spent something and you go, What do you mean? Why do you spend that? Boom, you put a block to money. You look at a menu and there's something expensive and you go, I can never afford that. Boom, it's a block to money. You can afford it. Right, or you thinking that you don't deserve it. I actually Mm -hmm. just saw someone make a Facebook status saying anyone else save a lot of money to reach a goal to buy something and then once they reach the money, they don't want to spend it because they think they don't deserve it. But they'll spend that much on their kids or they'll spend that much on their husband. And I was like, like, I totally, that used to be me. Mm -hmm. But you need to realize you deserve it. You do. You absolutely deserve it. 
And that's why I said you can afford the item on the menu. Maybe it'll take you, you know, five weeks, save $10 a week, and then you'll be able to buy the $50 filet mignon at the nice steakhouse. But you can. It doesn't mean that you can't. It's just you need to do some things to make it happen. And when you prove to yourself you can, you'll do it more and more and you'll realize I do deserve it and I do work hard and I should and I will. So that idea that no, no, you are the creator of what you have around you is the point. Now, one of the things that stops the flow of money in the biggest way, and it actually ties to a topic we've spoken so much about in the podcast, which is are you cause or are you effect, is being in bad debt, okay? Now, let me explain what bad debt versus good debt is, okay? Good debt is when you put some money into an investment that's a good investment, by the way, and you know that right now you owe a little bit of money, let's say $100, but in a year's time, you're gonna have $110. So it's good debt because that money is working hard to make you more money. Mm -hmm. Bad debt is I went and got into debt spending $100 on shoes at the mall and the shoes in a year are going to be destroyed and I'm still going to owe the money in two years from now because I'm only paying, you know, $20 a year on it. Right. And that kind of goes back to the flow concept because Mm. good debt is still flowing. The money's still flowing. You're putting in money to make money. Yeah. And bad debt stops the flow because you put into an item that doesn't make you money and it stops. It stops there, but you still owe the money. Exactly. Exactly. And then you're totally effect because now you owe that person money and you are in a position of weakness because they can at any time demand it or there can be all kinds of liabilities with that type of debt because you don't really own it and it just loses you money because usually it also has a fee and that fee means that you don't just pay back $100, you end up paying back $120 over something that should have only cost you 100 and you get into the situation where you are like literally owning nothing and totally weak because you owe everyone. That's not a good position to be in. And a lot of people have things that they can't really afford and it's a problem because they are living life in a total back step. Whereas people that say, no, no, I'll buy what I can afford and I'll take some debt if needed to invest because it'll make me more. In the long run, you check on those people in a few years and they have much more and they genuinely own what they have. Yeah, and it's crazy because we live, especially in the US. Oh yeah. The US is so like debt driven. Everyone Mm -hmm. runs life on credit. Mm -hmm. And it really is interesting because the bad debt is more of like you're stuck in the past because you're literally worried about something that you bought in the past and you're having to pay it off today versus good debt is you are doing it, creating a future. Mm -hmm. So there is like a path, like a, are you in present time? Meaning you're a no debt, but you're also not investing. Are you creating for the future, which is investing and stuff like that? And then there's, you know, bad debt that keeps you in the past. That's a cool, actually very true and very cool way of looking at it. Now, the other thing is that if you're in a position where you're like, yes, but I have a ton of student debt, what do I do? Or I am in a position where I spent a lot of money and went into debt. So the first thing you want to do is have the point of view of, okay, I'm not spending more on things that I can't currently buy. I've always had that thing. I don't want to pay for something that I can't currently buy. Okay. I'll give you one exception in a little bit, but what you can start doing is First of all, repay it a little bit faster. I'm not saying repay it totally, but start repaying your student debt a little more. Put aside money towards it. And in the meantime, don't go spending more on things that you don't afford, okay? And maybe have like a little payment plan. I'm sure that's an obvious thing because if you're $50,000 in debt, that is like a huge thing to confront to be like, oh my God, how am I going to do that on top of all my bills or whatever? You know, like make a little payment plan so it's easier to like swallow. 
Exactly. Yeah. And and by the way, let's say that you're currently paying $200 back a month on your student debt. Make it 210, right? I'm not saying just make it a little more. Start to pay it back a little faster. And at the same time, you know, the stats on how many Americans have savings accounts is crazy low. I don't remember the stat off the top of my head. But open up a savings account and put aside, I'm saying, $10 a week, something tiny, and you'll see that it starts building up as well. And you'll see, wow, okay, I can get away with that. You know, you pay like 30, 40% taxes and you manage to survive your life. (laughs) Trust me, you can put aside like 1% of your money in a savings and you'll be just fine. Right. I just want to say, I didn't have a savings before meeting you. Mm-hmm. About the first year that we were dating, yeah. you mentioned having a savings. And I remember being like, I w- I've never been in debt, like ever, but I never had a savings. And I would just make sure my bank account didn't get lower than X amount of money. Right. And you're the one who told me to open up a savings. And I'm like, I don't even, I like literally, I thought, I don't know how I can. I'm already like, I don't want to go under my budget, which I, I'll even say, I think at the time it was like a thousand dollars. I was like, I don't want my bank account going under a thousand dollars. Yeah. So I can't then add to a savings account and like you said you're like just put 20% or 10% or 15% of your um, income like make it automatic so you don't even see it you're not even taking it out because when you're taking it out it can kind of be like not this month I have you know Mm -hmm. but when you made it automatic you almost don't even notice it right and it really works so well I saved up so much money and I found ways to make more money because like like I said earlier in the podcast you have to create that urgency of like I need to make more Exactly. And it didn't affect your lifestyle at all, did it? I made more money somehow. Literally. We did more trips. I had more of my savings and I had more of my bank account. I don't know how. Yeah. I mean, I do. Yes. Like we're telling you now, but I was like mind blown. It's mind blowing. You'll see nothing will change. You'll be just fine, but you'll start to build up a little bit of a savings and then you can build enough to actually invest. One of the things that's really good, by the way, at investing in at the beginning, especially is yourself. You invest in you. That can be a variety of different things. It can be anything from, let's say you're very client facing in your job, meaning you see a lot of clients. Maybe you invest in a new suit because it'll help you close more deals. It could be investing in an online course. It could be investing in whatever you can think of, a better laptop, things that help you to make more money. That is the one criteria. Does it make you more money? That's what you put your money in at the beginning. Yeah, and make you more efficient even, which does make you more money. Like for example, buying a better mattress so you can sleep better. So you're not like cloudy and drowsy. Is that the right word? Yeah, yeah. yeah. (laughs) Cloudy and drowsy for work or buying vitamins so you can like properly like take care of your health so you can get through the day and give it 110%. Exactly. At the beginning, you spend your money to build a foundation for yourself. Like like Mariah saying, good bed, vitamin, basics. Then you make more and more money so you can invest in you more and more. And before you know it, you're like, okay, I don't need to buy a mattress anymore. I don't need, I don't, I, I have it all set up. So then you start saying, okay, what can I put my money in that'll actually start making me even more money as an investment? Okay. And earlier I said there'd be one exception to buying things that is on credit. And that would be something big like a car. Okay. If there's a car, you don't go and buy the most expensive car. But if the interest rate is really good, like let's say you pay two, 3% interest on your money, then okay, maybe it's worth using the bank 
to pay that car for you. So here's the exception, not so that you can spend the money on a trip to Cabo instead, okay? <laughs> it's so that you can invest it in yourself or in other money-making activities because hopefully that money-making activity will make you more than 2 or 3% on your interest and on, on your money and that's why it's worth it. Right. Does that make sense, Babers? Yeah, I don't know if I, I mean, this Dude. is a huge topic, right? I'm trying to give you like big principles in a tiny little podcast episode, but I hope that that's fine. Right. You should give the bean example. Yeah. So the other example from that, actually that philosopher as well, L. Ron Hubbard, is he uses the bean theory and I might butcher it a little, but... The general idea with a bean theory is you go and you buy some beans. Now, you can either eat the beans or you can plant the beans to make you more beans, okay? Now, you can spend money. You can take two of the beans and spend it so that you can buy a tractor to plant way more beans than those two beans. Then that's good. Go spend the two beans because you'll make 10 beans out of it. Then you plant the 10 beans and that makes you way more beans enough to plant even more and eat some. Now you can feed yourself and so forth. Now, very rough, very butchered, it's a whole theory. But the point of the bean theory is don't eat all the beans. You have to replant them. And if you're spending in a way that gets rid of all the beans, now you're in debt, you can't make enough to survive. And eventually you can eat, right? So that's the general bean theory, is make sure your beans are going to making you more beans. Right, exactly. So that kind of sums up how debt stops flows, but I also want to get into how debt can negatively affect other aspects of life, which is your, you know, your family, your friends, your relationship with your body. Maybe you can't buy the food you need to like take care of yourself or the medicine or so on and so forth. So I just want to explain to you why making money and not being in debt is so important and why it's not like family and happiness or money. You need both. Right, yes. So that's so important. And one example, first of all, is just the mental stress that it puts on you because you feel like, how can I repay it? I'm drowning in it. At the beginning, you take, oh, it's a few hundred dollars. It becomes a few thousand. It becomes a few tens of thousands. And then you're like, I don't know how I'm ever going to get out of it. Some people have so much debt and it's really crippling. Another thing, by the way, is that the second leading cause for divorce has to do with finances, money, debt. That's crazy. The first one is cheating and the second one is money issues. When there's money problems, it can tear apart a family. It can tear apart a group. If you go into debt with your friend and now you don't repay them, they depend on you to repay and now you can't because you're taking too much debt on. You destroy your friendships. Debt is a real problem. Yeah, the Ramsey Solution study says that almost half of couples with 50,000 or more in consumer debt say money is the top reason for their arguments. Mm, exactly. So there's a lot of money arguments. Isn't that wild? Like yeah. people feel like now here's the thing. There can be arguments that are bad because the person's like, "Why did you spend that money?" and it's like not that big of a deal. Like don't make an argument out of it. And there's no, you are being irresponsible with money and I can see how that can lead to arguments. So first of all, get on the same page as your friends, as your partner, and tell them, look, this is where we're at on money. I don't want to put a block to your spending. Like, I want the money to flow, but let's do it in a way that we agree so that we both push each other to have what we want, both push each other to make more money, and both push each other to expand our life. And that way, you don't have arguments, it's less arguments, and it's more of a flow, which is what we're going for. Right, and when you build that agreement in advance, then there, you kind of like go, hey, this is what we agreed on. You know, like mm -hmm. this is what's going to further us in our goal together. Like, do you see where maybe this isn't the most pro-survival for what we're trying to do? 
And then it's like, yes or no, or maybe it's you, like, you don't agree that your girl is buying, like, a bunch of, I don't know, nail products, Mm -hmm. but you want to go buy a bunch of Airsoft stuff, and she doesn't understand that either. Yes. You know, like, there needs to be a little bit of, like, okay, I don't understand, but it's your money, you can do it, you know? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. That's that balance of, like, the person also has their money. Like, Mm -hmm. the minute that you're in a relationship and you're putting all your money in in one account, it's also tricky because... The person was okay independently before, so you don't want to stop them because it's partial. It's their money too, right? So that's why you need to get on the same page. Right. I remember when we got married, my number one concern about like, you have to listen to our, did we get a prenup episode Ooh, of how we yeah. decide to split our money or do things with our money. But my number one thing was like, if we're going to, you know, share a bank account, I don't want you to control how I spend my money. I've always mm-hmm. been like, I, like I said, I've never been in debt. I've survived this long. You know, I don't want you to tell me what I can and can't buy. And Gal has never told me. Actually, most of the time he's telling me, if you want it, babe, get it. Because I put holds on myself. And he's like, don't do that. Like, you can make more money. Yeah, exactly. So you've always like opened the flow more when I've closed it. And that's also because you trust me, knowing that I'm not going to, you know. 100%. Money. I definitely trust you. But I also have that idea that it should not have a stop. And my idea is that Mariah is an adult that's independent, that understands our situation, and I trust her. And anything that's good for her is good for me. If she thinks it's the right thing to do, go ahead, do it. Don't even ask me. Because I know that you'll do what's good. And if it's good for you, it's good for me. Right. And I also want to say, you stopping your significant other from buying, I don't think really works. You see all those memes all the time where they're like, I bought off Amazon and I need to like hide my Amazon purchase so my husband doesn't see (laughs) or something like that. So it sounds like people are going to do it regardless. So why not like be like open and Mm -hmm. more community? Because that will start a whole nother, you know, upset aside from like, if it puts you in debt, you know? Yeah. You might win the little battle of like stopping them now, but you don't want to create a whole war around money. Right. The thing that's so important to understand is where are you at in your life? What kind of a person are you in terms of what category are you living your life in? And I, there are six different categories. Actually, in my one webinar I just did, I broke it down. It was an amazing series where I spoke about your state of mind and your income. And I said that there are six different kinds of people. I'm not going to speak about all six. I'm going to speak about the middle one, the average one, and that is mediocre. Many people are mediocre. And how I define mediocre is it's a gradual decline, but it's masked as stability. So the mask is that everything's good. No, life is great. But in the background, you are slowly declining. You're making less and less money or inflation is going up and up. You're going more and more into debt. You're getting more and more unhealthy. By the time you're 60, you're going to be begging for retirement because you're not really happy. There's a decline. Mm-hmm. You don't want to be in a decline. If you're in a decline, it won't get better unless you make it better. So your point of view has to be, how can I be improving at the very least? There's three other levels above mediocre. How can I be in one of those levels and not go down to the lower two levels below mediocre? Right. What is the name of that seminar, just in case people want to... Yes, so that seminar is called The Gold Mind. Like, you know, people have a gold mine where they actually mine, but I added a D to the end of mine. So it's a gold mind, your state of mind and your income. So you can look it up on my website where we do mentoring and coaching and so forth. And it's called Guaranteed Prosperity. That's the name of my company. And the website is gprosperity.com. 
Yeah, and I'm sure you could also DM him and he'd send you the link. <laughs> Absolutely. If you want to learn more about how to have that gold mind so that you actually have the state of mind to make money, speak to me and I'll help you with that. So getting back into it, and we kind of touched upon it earlier in this podcast, is how important it is to make enough money, not just for you. And that kind of is like being in the like the mediocre section, making only enough for yourself and like slowly declining over time. Or maybe you're making the same amount, but you're doing less right. over time. And Grant Cardone actually talks about it. He talks about how not making a lot of money is actually selfish in ways mm-hmm. because why only make enough money for you? Like we said earlier, why not make enough money to help your family or your friends or make enough money to put it towards causes that you believe in? A lot of people want to, you know, be keyboard warriors on Facebook and Instagram, but they, they're not working hard enough to like make money to help those organizations or, or however they feel fit, you know? Yeah. Charities. Uh, a friend of yours is doing a Kickstarter campaign and needs some money just to help. You know, there's so many ways that when you have money, you can be less self-centered really and help people around you because it goes beyond just you when you have enough so it's selfish to just have an entire weekend of doing nothing while in the back of your mind you have an idea and a side hustle that you really want to work on but you don't i think that that's not right you should be if you have that in you go and do it if you don't no worries don't but if you have it in you do that because you're going to start to help more than just you I think a lot of people do have it in them because I see it when they like spoil their mom for Mother's Day. Like they get them a gift or do something really special and you're like, you deserve so much more. So right. people realize that people deserve more than they have. Yeah. And they deserve, like you yourself deserve more than you have. But you need to realize it and you need to like put action toward it. Absolutely, you and, do. And I think if you make even a list of the things that you want or you feel like you need to have in, in order from like, like right now, like we said, I just need a mattress and then I'll need... X, Y, and Z, and you, and you make that list, it becomes apparent of what you need. And once you see the, like I said, the almost the emergency for it, mm-hmm. the need for it, I think it will motivate you to make more money. Do you know what I mean? Because it's, Absolutely. for me, even when I don't make a, like a checklist, I find that I don't get up as fast in the morning. I'm like, I only have a few things. Like, I, There's no need for me to like wake up at 6 a.m. But when I have a long list of things to do, the urgency's up. Exactly. You know what I mean? And then I make more money and I'm like, okay, I need to make me even more money because now my dreams of like doing X, Y, and Z have just grown. You know, it's always like a chase. Exactly. And even if you're not an entrepreneur, if you work at a job, you should show up at that job 120% every single morning. You want to wake up with that red hot excitement every day, have that purpose of what am I doing with that money? Like for me, I'm thinking that the work I'm doing now is going to the kids that I don't have yet with Mariah. It's going to our future family. It's going to, like I said, a situation, God forbid, in the future where we need money for a medical situation. That's why I wake up every morning to do that. And if you are working at a job and you want to get more money, you first of all have to be the best freaking thing that ever happened to that company. And I'm telling you, they will pay you more. Yeah. And you'll find opportunities and, and, and. Yeah, I want to say I admire my sister so much. She works an office job and she comes in 30 minutes early every day because she just realizes that she needs to come in like she's like to get it done I need to come in early wow and they don't ask her to she unlocks the doors like she by her own choice she kills it she goes over and above what her set job description is and they flow they give her gift cards and all this stuff because they realize like her value yeah. And so you're not, I just want to say, like we've mentioned many times, just because you have like a nine to five job or a set salary, it's not set if you go over and above. Money will always flow to you. People appreciate you and you help them so much. 
And that brings in other sorts of income. Absolutely. I just want to say she's amazing. Kiana's amazing. And she is actually like a manager. And that's not what she was hired to be. But she runs the show there. Why? Because she went in 110% every day. So that could be you. And you'll see she has opportunities. People want to hire her all the time. (laughs) And it's just because she really came in and gave it 110%. So that is the viewpoint that you want to flourish in whatever you do. Yeah. And it's her, I just want to say her viewpoint isn't like, oh, I'm just going in to make money for me Mm -hmm. nine to five after I leave and I lock up the doors. Like I'm not thinking about work. She's like, I care about everyone around me at work. I want their life to be better. I want it to go like flow well. I want everything to work. And so she's very like, again, it's the mindset. Are you just trying to survive or are you trying to like flourish and prosper? Are you trying to like play the game, win the game and be cause? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. That's such an important way of approaching anything in life. And now with the point of view on money and that's how you get ahead. It's so true. And you said it so well, and it really is that like you need to be cause. Yes. And we're not saying like, don't be happy with where you are right now. Definitely be happy. Validate everything that you're doing today, but always put something a little bit like a goal for yourself. Because like we've said many times in our podcast, if you're not improving, if you're not going up, you're going down. Yeah. There's no staying the same ever, 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 ever. Like I'll always talks about the universe is always expanding. So you're either expanding with it or you're getting smaller every millisecond of the day. Exactly. And what will pull you forward is hope. Hope pulls you forward. And I just want to tell you that if you're in a situation where you feel like, but I have so much debt, I hope that this gives you a little bit of hope to pull you out of it. If you think, wow, but I do want to pay $150 one night at a fancy meal, but I can't. Like I want to take my wife on a beautiful date, but I can't right now. I want to give you the hope that you can. If you want to be wealthy, you can. Okay. It starts with these steps. And I really recommend you listen to this podcast twice at least because we gave these huge bombs of subjects in like a 30 minute episode that you need to hear again and again and speak to us if you have questions about them. We're happy to answer. Yeah, I think if you have any questions about making money or anything, you should message Gal. He's better Mm. at it than I am. You're pretty Um, good too. (laughs) And he has, like I said, all these webinars that are really like if you're wanting to invest in yourself like we talked about, his webinars are incredible. The best investments I've ever made was taking Gal's dad's course is mayor and Gal's mm-hmm. courses. I take every single one of Gal's seminars. Yeah. They're amazing. And I'm not just saying that. I'm not just being biased. Um, <laughs> so if you have any questions, like DM him and he'll help. He does one-on-one coaching. Yeah, absolutely. With pleasure. I'll help you out and give you ideas. No charge. The first time will be free. Yeah. <laughs> just you kidding. But no, really. You deserve more. You do. And you, you need d- to realize you do. Absolutely. Beautiful. So what a message, Babers. I love that. And I love you and I admire you and the things that you said in this episode were amazing. Okay. Really? You don't have to tell it on the podcast. No, but it's true because it's amazing. We get to be together and (laughs) record this together. So I love it. I love you. I love you. All right. That is a lot of information in one episode, but I hope that you got value out of today. Uh, If you did, do whatever you can to get more people to listen. It's not for us. It's to help more people. Our purpose is to help people. So help us help more and the adventure continues.